0: I know so many of you are setting big goals this year and planning exactly how you're going to make those a reality in your life and business. But as you plan, I want to be sure that your mindset is in the right place and you're thinking about what you're ready to let go of that may no longer be serving you and how you can create space for something that is. That's why today we're diving into how to clear out products and offerings that are holding you back in business so you can achieve more time and more focus to create consistent, reliable income and a strong business foundation. You're listening to One Simple Shift, and I'm your host, Amanda Denley, the mindset coach that believes it is possible to have a beautiful, balanced life and a successful, thriving business. In fact, what if success wasn't as complicated as everyone was making it out to be? What if the magic formula you've been looking for has been you all along? Each week, I cut through the noise and bring you one simple, actionable mindset shift you can implement today to completely transform the way you show up daily. All success starts with the right mindset, and it's time that you create the life and business you've always dreamed of. Let's get started. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to announce December's winner of my free vision board design intensive. Today's review comes from Lauren J. And it reads, this podcast does exactly what it sets out to do. Each episode has a simple, actionable mindset shift. Amanda is a thoughtful, insightful, and charming host, and the guests she chooses to have on are just as wonderful. The podcast both calms and inspires me, which is an excellent combination. I love listening to it while I work. Go ahead and shoot me an email at amanda at amandadentily.com and I'll get you set up with your free intensive. My guest today is Megan Dicklin. Megan knows it's possible to run a business and raise a family without losing your mind, but knows it takes resilience and a great support system. She has lived at the intersection of marketing, business operations, and innovation for over a decade and uses these expertise to create more time, more wealth, and more connections for business owners raising young children. Through nesting your business, Megan helps entrepreneurs gain the clarity, focus, and the space to re-engineer a business to serve their personal and professional goals. This may be designing the perfect maternity leave for a solopreneur or bringing on a team for the growing operation. Megan, welcome to One Simple Shift. Thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Amanda. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Oh, I'm excited too. So I read your bio, but before we dive in, can you tell me in your own words a little bit about what you do and why you do it?
1: Sure, absolutely. So, um, really, I am a business coach and, and a strategist, and I work with mom and pregnant entrepreneurs to help them to actually plan a maternity leave for themselves, especially if they're a service-based solopreneur, and then also to help them to make shifts and to transition back to work when they're going to be working out of their home with young kids at home. And I I do this because I am I'm living this life. I have a one-year-old, and you know, when I did go out and start my own business, the reason I wanted to have my own business was I wanted to be able to be the kind of mom I wanted to be and, and have that that flexibility and freedom to uh, maintain my career and my ambitions, but also be there for our kids. So that's the reason I, you know, started my business. And then when I was out there in the world doing it and and went through, you know, the process of being pregnant and trying to plan a maternity leave and coming back to work, I realized there just wasn't a lot of support and options for women uh, going through this, and so I really wanted to take all of my background in in marketing and operations and team building, and and bring all of that skill set uh, to these women so that they can lead the lives that they are trying to lead.
0: Oh, that's so amazing because I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs we get into it for that kind of freedom and flexibility. Even I mean, even if you're not planning on having kids, even before you have kids, um, and I think that's kind of You know, one of the main reasons that this kind of lifestyle is appealing. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, what happens is a lot of us are kind of overwhelmed going from the nine to five to all of a sudden having like no structure at all and having all this free time. And I think it's interesting because you're kind of coming at it from a completely different perspective, which is, I mean, all of a sudden, you're, you don't have structure and you don't have time, right? right when you're right, a mom. Exactly. So so it's a completely different set of challenges and a completely different um, you know, way of working. And you, I think that you know, all of us as entrepreneurs, we need that support system. But I think especially when you're going through those major life transitions, like having a child, um, I can just see how important that would be.
1: Yes, definitely. You know, and I think you touched on it. It's like, you know, there might be a a way you worked as an entrepreneur before you had kids that worked that was a little bit more of a free spirit. You didn't need that structure in place. And then, um, you know, in this life transition moment, like your entire life transitions and so does your business. And so there's, you know, a lot of different things we can put in place so that, you know, you can continue running your business, but, you know, having enough time to do it really.
0: So did you find when you had kids that you knew you wanted to go off on your own or was this, or had you already been freelancing or tell me a little bit about sure. your story there?
1: Yeah. So my story's, um, kind of interesting in that I had before, you know, after I left college and I kind of got into workforce, I had told myself I would always, um, uh, leave corporate America and start my own business before we have kids, before I had kids, you know, it was just, you know I wasn't wasn't married yet or, or had a partner, but I knew, you know, at some point in in my future that children would be a part of it. And I already had realized that the corporate lifestyle was not going to support the way I wanted to do things. So um when I was about thirty one, um, you know, I was I was working at a um ad tech company out in Boulder, Colorado, and um I was actually uh leading the, the team and um we had a five million dollar operation. We were actually doing all the ads for banks and brokerages. Um, and you know, my, my career was going really well, but I realized I was like, Ooh, we're at that point at this point I was married and we were thinking of having kids. And I said, you know, I actually want to go out and, and start my own thing before we have kids. Cause in my mind, I wanted to get my business established before we, we started a family. So I Mm -hmm. actually quit my job. Um, with very little plan, you know, I'm at, and I'm very <laughs> much a planner. I, you know, weigh the pros and cons. I map out my strategy. And this was one of those moments where I just went with my gut. I was like, you know what, now is the time. And I will, I'm just going to jump and I'm going to figure it out. And, um, it's been quite a journey, but it, it's worked.
0: Oh, I love that so much. And I think that's so important too, in just looking at this overall lifestyle shift is looking to those people who have done it, you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, when I went off on my own, I had a loose plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that I was going to leave my full-time job. I knew that I was moving from New York city to Colorado. And mm-hmm. like, I knew that I had health insurance in place. Right. Well, so like all the, <laughs> all the major things were covered, yeah. but also, I mean, my plan there was just to get another full-time job. And then when I realized that really wasn't what I wanted, Mm -hmm. Um, just kind of, it was very similar to your story where it was like, you know, just kind of went with my gut and said, okay, well this is working. Like, let's keep doing it and let's see where it goes. Um, so I definitely relate to what you're talking about there. So I'm curious, can you tell me what the one mindset shift is that kind of changed everything for either you or the clients that you work with?
1: Sure. So this mindset shift, um, it really was a light bulb moment for me. And I now work with all of my clients to make sure um, that we do this in their business. And it has been so critical to giving everyone the time and the focus back to build a strong business. So it up. the actual mindset <laughs> shift is that we don't need more offers and more marketing tactics to grow our business. We actually need less. So what I want to talk about is just how to clear the clutter out of your business, like in the same way you declutter your house. Because I've realized that when we get rid of all the extra offers and strategies that aren't serving you anymore, you actually gain that time and focus back to create consistent, reliable income and a strong business foundation.
0: Yes. Let's talk more about that. So how did you kind of come to this light bulb moment?
1: Sure. So, you know, I think it was looking at my own business and then diving into my clients' businesses. I realized a lot of times as entrepreneurs, especially if you've been in business for a few years, in the very beginning, you know, we usually, we don't have a lot of clarity about what we want to do. Um, and we are sometimes a little desperate, right? We, we, we need income in any way that we can get it. So we tend to create a lot of different offers. Um, and we tend to be just be trying to please whatever client comes our way. So, you know, clients will come and say, Hey, can you do this? Yes, yes, sure. I can. And you create a service for them or you create a product for them. And then maybe you try to sell it again or you try to market it again. And suddenly I found that with my clients, they had so many different offers and they were trying to maintain all of them. Um, so I realized that that is where they were spending way too much of their time that they were, um, trying to create marketing messages for all these different things and sell all these different things and, and, um, create the automations to build them and support them. And that when we, cut all of that out, and we said, let's actually look at your business, and what do you do really, really well, and what do you love to do? And maybe it's one or two things, and we clear everything else away. Suddenly, they were like, okay, I get it. I'm focused. I know that I know that this is really going to help my clients. I can be really passionate about it. Um, I get really clear about why I do it and who it's going to serve. So my marketing gets really streamlined. My messaging gets really streamlined and um, it's usually built once. So even if it's a service, you will have built all of your onboarding materials and any automations it takes to um, provide the service, or if it's a product you've built it and now you just have to maintain it and do the marketing to sell it. Um, and so it's when you focus down on the one thing, then suddenly you have enough time to build your business and support it. But when you're running all over the place and you're distracted by these, all these different things that you have sold once before, but now you're trying to maintain it's, it's just, it's unmanageable really.
0: Right. I mean, absolutely <laughs> like like shout it from the rooftops yeah, yeah, basically like, <laughs> like i i cannot stress enough how important this is and i think also like i can say that i've totally been there too sure. i think when a lot of us start out we look for all those things that we're either really good at or we think could be really profitable right so right. we end up with like this kind of like basket of offerings and tools. And I know for me, for a long time, I was like, okay, well, like I can help people with all these different aspects of their lifestyle, right? So Mm -hmm. for me, I was like, okay, so like batch meal planning and budgeting and capsule wardrobes and like the list went on and on. And it's not that I couldn't help people with all those things, but I really needed to find the common thread between them all because when my mind needed to be in like five different areas at once. I was spreading myself way too thin, right? And it didn't really allow me to curate a process or any kind of like consistent workflow, basically. right? Um, Because I was always like trying to come up with something new or like trying to decide which one of those things I was going to talk about this week. Mm -hmm. So when I came to the realization that the connection piece between all of those things was really, you know, mindset and simplifying and streamlining, That kind of allowed me to let go of some of those different areas and kind of made it easier for me to be like, okay, well, like I am not a lifestyle magazine, right? I'm Mm -hmm. really helping people with the mindset behind all of those lifestyle changes because if your mindset's not in place, then all of these other changes just feel overwhelming and impossible. And I think that's what you're talking about here when you're talking about, you know, honing in on that core offering and also clearing out the things that are no longer relevant or no longer um, a part of your core messaging, because just because you can do all these things doesn't necessarily mean that it benefits your business to talk about all of them or offer all of them, right? And it's amazing right. how profitable you can be when you really just focus
1: on the one thing, right? Absolutely, you know. And I think it comes down to we've all seen that that science behind um, how much choice you have, and that you know if you only have one choice, you might not be that happy, but if you have hundreds of choices, you're not happy either. You know, there's a sweet spot in the middle. And I think one, your clients are going to be really happy because they are going to understand, All right, this is what she does. And this is how she can help me or, or him. And, um, you're going to be happy too, and your business is going to be happy because it, you know, you, you know, your purpose, you know what you're doing. Totally.
0: You may be listening to this episode and struggling to get your mindset on board with pulling an offering that you spent countless hours on, an opt in that just isn't converting, or anything else you need to let go of in your life and business for more results. If that's the case, go ahead and book one of my free simplifying success coaching calls. Together, we'll get specific about you and your business so you can shift your mindset around those next steps and start doing fewer things better rather than many things mediocre. Head over to com slash free call to book. I do three of these each week, so get over there and book yours today. So I think it was a How I Built This episode that I had been listening to, and they did a study on, like, taster samples of jam in a grocery store. Oh, and- It was a study where they put out, I'm probably going to butcher the numbers here, so I'll definitely see if I can put it in the show notes, but it was a study where they had put out like 28 different kinds of jam for people to come by and taste and a different study where they only did like six types of jam. Mm-hmm. And they gave people a coupon for um, like a dollar off jam so they could see how profitable it was from the like grocery store taster samples that they had been giving out and who actually bought. Right. And they found that having the like 28 different kinds of jam actually brought more people to the like tasting session essentially and mm-hmm. that it had attracted more people. But less people actually ended up purchasing, whereas the six jams didn't attract as many people. Sure. But everyone who was attracted, like not everyone, but a larger yes. percentage yeah. of the people who were attracted ended up buying. So I think it's a super interesting, um, just kind of like... Study to show that, yes, you might not necessarily be attracting everyone, but in business, Mm -hmm. sometimes we don't want to attract everyone, right? We don't want to be spending all of our energy on these discovery calls that don't convert, right? We don't want the 28 people. (laughs) We want the six people on discovery calls where our energy is really worthwhile and they're a really good fit. And then those people are the ones that actually end up purchasing. And I think that's just like a wonderful way of looking at, you know, all of that kind of choice and how narrowing it down can actually be more profitable in the long run.
1: I totally agree with that. And I think that's actually something a lot of times when I tell people that we're gonna really scale down their offering, you know, they might get a little scared and say, well, you know, how is how, how am I ever gonna grow, you know, and scale my business with if I don't create more? And I say, you know, Especially for moms right now, I'm like, you know, we're just actually just trying to get, create consistent, reliable income. And once we do that, then, then we'll focus on growth. And when they narrow that and they say, okay, I'm just going to streamline my offering and we're just um, going to offer these things, um, When they stop focusing on trying to grow, they actually sometimes grow the revenue anyways, because suddenly you're offering just one thing and you're doing it really, really well. And you're you're not bringing in as many people to the table, but like you said, more and more people buy. Um, And especially, I mean, I think that is the trick for... Um, women being able to run a successful business when they also have their kids at home is like you said you know you don't want 28 people at the table and having only two percent of them buy because then you're spending a lot of time away from your family and not actually bringing in that much revenue. when you bring in you know I don't know how many like you said maybe there's still only 10 that come in but suddenly 40 percent buy you know you've spent less time away from your family and you've brought in more income. So I think that's exactly the the crux of it.
0: Amazing. So I think sometimes when we talk about mindset and we're talking about really like honing in on a core offer Mm -hmm. and letting go of the things that aren't working for us, there's definitely a fear element of that, right? right? And I think a lot of times we don't even approach these decisions from like a logical place. We approach yep. them from a very emotional place where we've already spent so much time on creating this thing the way it is now that the even the idea of letting go of it is kind of like that Hit in the bottom of your
1: stomach, feeling right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh! I this is um, something I really work a lot with my clients on, and I actually I just went through this a little bit myself. Um, you know, I think it's the easier part is to actually identify the clutter, and I'd love to to talk about some things that we can do um, to identify what it is that's not working. But the harder part is actually throwing out what's not working you know it's it's that thing i'm sure you've all you know we've all sat in our closet and you're going through and you've got a pair of jeans from 10 years ago but you say i might wear these someday or you know (laughs) i I remember you know so many fun times in these jeans and and you don't want to throw them away but really you're never going to wear them again and you need that space so um, this, like, I, I think it's even harder than closed because like you said, um, you know, this is your creation. This is your business. You've probably spent time and energy and, and money to, to create and birth these, these parts of your business. Um, you know, I actually just recently I had my, my original opt-in was this ebook that, um, I had spent a lot of time on and, and I'd actually spent, you know, invested money to get it, um, laid out in a really nice way. And and I love the way it looked and I do love the content in it. But it's all about um, how to work at home um, with with a young child. And it really was only serving a portion of my audience. Whereas, you know, of course, I work with women who are pregnant and planning a maternity leave. They're not ready to to start thinking about what to do um, once the baby arrives. So I had to let that go. And now I have an opt-in that actually... Um, is a year of support. It goes, we, you get a weekly email week by week and it's kind of, in the. it starts from the second trimester to the third trimester, giving you tips on, you know, what's going on with your baby and you and some things you can do in your business to plan for maternity leave. But then after the baby arrives, we start talking about well, what's going on at home with you during maternity leave, and and what can you do to start helping you transition back to work. So now I've got one thing, and there's a lot of content in there, and it really encapsulates everything that I do and and who I serve, um, and it's just so clear. So it was hard; it was really hard to literally say I'm not going to um, advertise or market this this other ebook that I've spent. So much time and money on, I'm going to do this instead. But suddenly I realized that with that ebook, I actually wasn't excited to market it because it, it didn't really resonate with what I was trying to do. This other offer, now I'm so excited about it and I want to talk about it and I want to ma- market it. And the marketing messaging is coming so much clearer because it's in line with myself and my business. So it hurt to let go what wasn't working. But once I did it, it opened up the space for something that works so much better.
0: And I would say that's a process too. I think a lot of times when we're trying to create some space for something new and better, like what you're talking about here with a new offering, that it's part, like step one is even figuring out what it is that might need to be let go, right? right? And just bringing awareness around that. Because I think sometimes we've been doing business a certain way for so long, That even just the question of what is the time to let go of can bring a whole lot of awareness around things that are not necessarily working or Mm -hmm. things that are kind of working but need some tweaks. And what you were talking about there, I mean, it doesn't sound like you completely scrapped it, right? You just took, you just re-engineered it a little mm-hmm. bit. And I think sometimes like we go to the completely other end of the spectrum where we're like, burn it all down. Like and he, everything is terrible. Right. And that's no. not true either. No. It's just about finding those ways where we can take what we already have and improve them and make them better and make them work more efficiently for us. And like you were talking about, there's a certain alignment that comes with that. There's a certain like okay, I do feel good about promoting this now because I'm really confident that this is what people need. So Mm -hmm. that can also have a huge overall effect and (laughs) like boost of your overall marketing efforts and how, like how you show up each and every day. Um, so I think sometimes we think of letting go as like a negative, like, oh, it didn't work, right? Whereas in reality, you know, it's actually a positive. You're actually just making room for something new and something better.
1: That's such a good point because it is so true that I always say everything you've done up until this point is going to help you in the in the next, you know, stage of your life, you know. So there might have been an offer that you used to um provide and in in its current form, it's not going to work. But there's a portion of it that maybe you take, like you said, and you re engineer it, and um, it serves to um, make your next offer or the next business that much better. Um, you know, I think I've had, I've certainly had, sometimes uh, I, I created a whole course that uh, and, and had a big launch that really didn't do very well. Um, but I took components of that course and um, inserted it into a new program that I have, and it actually, was really valid content and is working really, really well and helping my clients in this new form. So it was it's like, it's just like you said, you know, I could have looked at that launch and said, Oh wow. Like I only had a handful of people buy that. It's no good. I'm going to throw it away. Um, but instead of throwing away, maybe look at it and say, what part of that is good and how can I, um, save that and re-engineer it, um, to where we need to go next
0: and also i think when we talk about reengineering we're talking about simplifying to a certain extent i mean that's really what letting go of some things is is just how can we streamline it how can we simplify it what is here that doesn't necessarily need to be here because when you do that not only does i mean is it better for your clients? I mean, the work you're right. doing becomes a lot clearer. But it's also, I mean, it's better for you as well. Like what, the amount of confidence that comes from being crystal clear on your message and the results that you actually provide is like far beyond any <laughs> any other skill set <laughs> in business, right? If you're not sold on you, how is someone else going to be right? Right. And I think being sold on you comes from that clarity. So. I just think that like simplifying and becoming clear on your message, it doesn't only benefit the client, it benefits you as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think the other thing I love about this mindset shift and then the exercise of actually decluttering your business is that it helps you actually get to that clarity. I mean, I think all of us are chasing it, right? It's like, what is my why? Why do I do what I do? You know, what is my core message? And we can ask those questions just kind of out there in a void. And sometimes it's really hard to come up with the answer. But what this decluttering process actually does is help you um, get to those answers by this exercise. So, you know, there's a lot of research on some people are are top down people. So they want to think big strategy and then break it down, um, into smaller details. Other people are bottom up. It's like, let me start with something really specific and tangible and then work its way up to its, its higher, um, form. And this is really a bottom-up approach, right? So if you look at your offering and you say, I want to ask myself some practical, tangible questions. So you look at all of your products and services and you make a list and you say, all right, from this list, what do I love to do? What is most in line with the change I'm trying to make? What do my clients get most excited about when I tell them about it or after we do the work together? What are they most excited about? And then also, what's the biggest ROI? So return on investment, you know, in my business, what makes me either the most money or gives me the most fulfillment for the time and effort that it takes? And as you start to ask these questions about everything that you do, um, you're going to see the core of your business start to rise to the top and you'll get aware of what needs to stay and what needs to go and then when you look at that list i think like you said i think the the clarity comes you're going to see a really clear pattern of what has stayed and that's your why yes
0: i actually it's funny you mentioned this i actually just did this exercise with a client and we were talking about you know all of the all of the parts of what they do and how many like steps in the process there was and how like how they were an expert on like pretty much everything. And I said, okay, well like let's narrow it down. Let's start crossing off the like let's write out the whole process, right? Let's start crossing off the things that we don't like doing. And let's start circling the things we do like doing. And it's amazing how so
1: many of us will market things that we don't like doing. Oh right. My gosh, I know <laughs> <laughs> I almost dread having to do the work when some somebody- like you get a sale. And it's like, well, this isn't right.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. So those are like the easy things to let go. Right. Totally. Um, but I think even just that process of getting it out of your head and onto paper, I think a lot of people know their process and know the work that they do and know their offers, but they don't necessarily have them collected anywhere. Right. So right. it's sort of like Maybe it's one page on their website, or maybe it's like a list and a drop down or something like that. But they haven't actually taken the time to like get them out of their head and onto paper and see them all in the same place. So I think even that just kind of brain dump can be hugely eye opening.
1: Oh, I totally agree you know it's it's definitely a really great exercise because I think sometimes you know you're just sitting there and you're saying, this isn't working, but I don't know what to do next and yeah, make that brain dump, just write that list um, and then start to you know ask those questions, group things together, see what might need to shift a little um, and and it's amazing what can come out of it
0: totally so do you have any other kind of like actionable steps for people looking to kind of let go of offers and re-engineer, um, so that they can create more clarity and focus in their business?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think we, what we started with is really just, like you said, we're going to take all of your offers and, and write them out, right? We're going to, um, put them on that paper and really you're going to ask yourself those questions and say, you know, what is it that, what, that I love and, 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 and From those answers, you know, start to look and see, okay, what are the one or two services that I want to keep and what is, um, and maybe, you know, anything that I need to re-engineer. And from there, you know, especially if you've got like one main offering, if you don't have a a value ladder, that would be the other thing that I would want you to try and do. And, And for those that don't know, you know, a value ladder is having, you know, your free opt-ins so that you can, um, you know, collect email addresses and get people on your list, then you should have a low intro offer, you know, something under $50 so that people who are just starting to get to know you can, um, you know, purchase an experience with you, then your signature offer, then your premium offer. So when you have kind of looked at, all right, this is what I think I should really be working on. um, Take a look and say, how can I take this this work, either services or products, and fit it into a value ladder like that? Um, and then from there, you're going to say, all right, this is exactly what I do, um, and this is who it's going to serve, and this is why I do it. And now suddenly, um, your marketing usually is going to get a lot clearer too, because that is all th- what you're going to do is go ahead and do the process of letting go everything else and saying, I am just going to be supporting these parts of my business and I am going to, um, clean up all of my marketing messaging so that I know that I am just selling into this funnel. Um, and then what's nice there is once that process is done, you have a lot more time that you can also then go and focus on building up these services or these products, um, doing them really right and doing them slow. So, um, is there automation that you could be putting in place? Is there an extra little bit of delight that you can add into the service that will really wow your customers and they'll be wanting to refer you over and over again? Um, so it's, that's the process of kind of figuring, really just figuring out what it is you're going to keep, um, giving yourself the space to, to let go what's not working coming up with the list of like, this is it, this is what I do. And then, um, go ahead and say, now I've got my very streamlined marketing that I have in place and I'm going to build my products so that they, um, they're strong and they're on this great foundation. Um, and that that's the shift right there.
0: Awesome. I love it so much. So Megan, if everyone loved what they heard from you today and want to find you, where can they connect with you on social media or on your website? Um, Where can they find you?
1: Sure. So, um, my website is nestingyourbusiness.com and on there you'll actually find, um, a section of free resources so that you actually, if, if you are, um, pregnant or, or working with young kids at home, um, that new opt-in is going to be available so that you can, um, get some, some weekly support. Um, I also have, um, a Facebook page at nestingyourbusiness.com and I'm on Instagram at Megan Dicklin.
0: Ah, oh, wonderful. Thanks so much for joining me today, Megan.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Amanda.
0: Thanks for listening to One Simple Shift. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at com slash shift. If you're loving this podcast, do me a favor and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews truly mean the world to me, helping me to reach more people and have more impact. And remember, sometimes the only thing standing in the way of a more profitable business and a more fulfilling life is one simple shift. How profitable? They had done a study on a grocery... Hold on. My dog wants to be in the room and he is scratching at the door and I don't know if we can hear that. So give me two seconds.